Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 14 this morning. I'm going to read one verse and I'm just going to cut loose. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. When you find it, it'll stand for the reverence of God for reading God's Word this morning. Good to see everybody here. Good to see our visitors this morning. Good to have everybody here. Amen. I know it's been a long week. The revival was supposed to end on Wednesday, but somehow God made it go through Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and uh, it just, uh, it was a total blessing. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse number 11. I'm going to read one verse. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, is it nothing for, with thee to help whether with many or with them that have no power? Help us, O Lord, our God. For we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for a wonderful week, Lord. We thank you for the fire falling down in our hearts, Lord, and getting our attention again and getting us back on track and on love. Fire for you again, Father. We just thank you for that, Lord. Now, Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds and receive the word we stand in need of this morning, Lord. Empty yourself and fill with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Here in our text we find one of the good kings of Judah. And his name is Asa. If you read the books of Kings and the books of uh, Chronicles, you'll read about all these different kings. Uh, and you know in the days of Solomon, uh, the kingdom was split. There was the, uh, the northern tribe went and done their way, and the southern tribes went and done their thing. You'll find that kings all over, over Israel and kings over Judah. And you'll find that those kings mirror our lives for at the time of the king, there would be a, they'd do good and serve God and walk with God and live for God. And then they would get a bad king and then get them in apostasy and get them away from God and they're drifting away from God and get the country in a whole wrong direction. And then they would have to get back with another one. Uh, God would send another one and his heart was on God and his heart was on the things of God and the will of God. And that's like our life. We're the same way. We're in and out, out and in, up and down. We're the same way. But God gets a way of drawing your attention this morning. In order for the country to experience revival, God had to do it for them. And they were thinking... They got to be a big shot. And don't get to thinking be a big shot because God brought us a revival. Sometimes we get the big head and we're thinking, hey, look what we've done. And God will get your attention. He'll bring you uh, the bad trouble back to your life when you start thinking it's yourself that got things done. But here we find one of the good kings. And he's a successful king. And I believe the reason why he was successful and is the reason why any Christian life could experience a, a measure of success is that because Asa realized if any good thing's going to happen, anything's going to happen in his kingdom, he needs the help of God. Asa realized, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand this morning. 
Let me just say that if you and I realize that we cannot do anything, we cannot be anything unless God lets us, we need the help of the Lord this morning. If you're going to do anything in your life, because God has helped you. If you're going to be anything, if you're going to have any ministry, any singing, anything that you do in your life, you need the help of God this morning. We cannot do it on our own. Here in the text we find Asa comes before the Lord over and over and over. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, we need help this morning. Could we not say the same thing in our spirit this morning? Saying, preacher, I I could use and help from the Lord in this area. I I can use and help of the Lord in in my life in this area. I can use some help uh, from the Lord. And I realize I can't do it by myself. I cannot do it on my own. Lord, I need your help. It's not wrong to call on the Lord for help. In fact, it is Bad for you not to call on the Lord for help this morning. I'm preaching on Lord, help us. Lord, help us. I I find whether it be a country or whether it be a Christian or whether it be a church, it will not survive for very long except they have the help of the Lord. Except they have the help of the Lord. Can I say this? Without His help, a country will decay. You cannot deny looking at our country. We are a young country compared to all the other countries in this world. You cannot help to deny this fact. When America sought face of God, they walked for God, they looked for God, God brought prosperity in this country even though the, all of them didn't believe in God they knew that there was a God in heaven and they served God and when we served God God made this country prosperous you look at where we at today where our country has degraded to the morality is at an all time low today Look at people that are in charge of our country. You can't deny that one of the curses of God is on this country today because of the bad leaders, because they've taken this country down the wrong direction. We have immoral leaders, ungodly leaders. We have turned our back on God. We've promoted everything that is an abomination in the sight of God in our country today. They have sold our country out to the highest bidder. They have sold the minds of our children that they can do what they want to do. A, a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. Do whatever you feel like. Do what's wrong. They're saying wrong is right now. They're saying that evil is good now. You cannot deny that our country has fallen into decay. Why? Because they chose not to follow God and walk after God and love the things of God. 
We are the reason, the reason why we're in the condition we are. We have turned our backs on God this morning. I'll never forget 9-11 when those planes flew in that tower. All those said, that said in the, up there that says, we don't need God in our country. We don't need God in our government. But when that happened, every one of them said, hey, we need to pray to God. We need to ask God to help us. Let me tell you what. Don't wait till the trouble comes. Start praying before it comes. A country will decay if it's not following God. Christians will despair without His help. We're aware of the problems that we have. But we're not supposed to get discouraged about our problems. I can stand here and tell you uh, what's going wrong in this country so much that you walk out of here feeling lower than a wagon's track. Uh, but let me tell you what, I can tell you right now, you can hold your head up uh, and walk out that door with good understanding that he's still in control. He's still on the throne. Uh, hold your head up. Don't get despaired this morning. He promised to hide us in the time of storm. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be despaired. If worse comes to worse and they lock us up and throw us in prison, he said that same Jesus with, with, with Daniel in the lion's den, that same Jesus with Paul in the prison, it will be the same Jesus that will be with you. Don't get so discouraged about what's going on in this world today. You can walk out of here with a new song in your heart and a praise on your lips for the one who's made it possible. A country will decay without God. A Christian will despair without God. Without his help, a church will die. A church will die. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, write this, I know thy works that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and thou art dead. Thou art dead. People think you're alive. They say, they look around, they say, church is alive, but yet I'm telling you, you're dead. He also said, be watchful and strengthful to the things which remain that are ready to die. You know why we see so many dead churches today? Because they think they do not need God in the service. They don't think they need God's help in anything. In fact, they've been closed the doors on God and said, we'll do it ourselves. They don't need God's help anymore. We're living a day with polished preaching, polished singing. And they got the oohs and ahs and yays and right. They got the light show, smoke screams going on. They don't need God anymore. They got it down pat. Got everything going. They don't even need the Holy Ghost. You, you read in the olden days, uh, back before they had these uh, ships, they got in the olden days, a ship would have to be moved by wind. They had sails. They had to horse the sails and catch the wind to go across the water. And if it got into a spot when there was no wind blowing, and it, you, just, you were dead in the water right there. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't move. You had to wait for the wind to come back. That's what the old saints and the old preachers in the Old Testament in Acts said there was a mighty wind. 
that came rushing in. They waited in on the wind. They waited till that. Let me just say this. If you preaching without the wind of God, the Holy Ghost of God, you ain't doing anything good for you. And you, we just become a assembling, uh, tinkling sound. But let me just say, we need to wait on the wind from God this morning. It's not man-made. It's not artificial. They put engines in these ships now. They go all across the ocean without no wind at all. We need the wind. And I believe the, the fire fell, the wind came this past week to get our, our attention, to get us back where we need to be at this morning. I, I know that we cannot do anything within ourselves that we need the help of God to do anything. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. We're nothing compared to God. We're nothing but a speck in this universe compared to God. If anything's going to get accomplished, it must be by God. It must be by God. I'm not interested in having church without the wind, without the fire. I'm not interested in having the singing without the wind or the fire. I'm not interested in praying without the wind of God from heaven. Because without it, we will surely die. We will die. Think about our church. What do we need from the Lord? What is it that our church needs? What is it that individuals need this morning from the Lord this morning? I believe the first thing we need to hope of the return of the Savior. You said, what? The hope of the return of the Savior. I'm telling you, the, the, when you lay your head down at night time, the prayer that should close out your day, it should be like this. What John said, even so come quickly, Lord. I'm telling you, we ought to be praying. We ought to be looking for the return of God. We ought to be seeking God's face and asking God to come back to us. We need the hope of the Savior's return this morning. There was two subjects when I was growing up that was preached in church constantly. Every month you can guarantee these two subjects was going to be preached about. No matter who was in the pulpit, they were going to be preached. First, they always preached on hell. Always preached on hell. The second was the second coming of Jesus Christ. You don't hear that in churches today. You turn on the churches today, it's all, everybody's good. We just got to stay right. We just keep happy. You got to cope. You got to do this. You got to be there. I'm telling you, if you don't get right with God, hell is your home. There is a hell. There is a heaven. And Jesus is coming back again. We're too busy trying to be something we're not. I'm not living for this world. My hope is not in this world. Our hope is in heaven from whence we also we should look for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said. My hope ain't in this world. What excites you? What excites you? What, ex what, what is your expectation of this world? 
I'm expecting Jesus Christ to come back any time now. If you don't come by lunchtime, I'll be upset. I'm looking for him to return. Even so come Jesus. But I know the Bible says, for yet a little while, and that he shall come, will come and will not tarry. But I believe that it should be on everyone's heart today that when you pray, you should be looking for the return of Jesus Christ and the hoping of the return of the Savior right now. I, I look at the round at all these young people we have in church this morning. How wicked this world is. It's not going to get any better. And I'm telling you that now. It's not going to get any better. This America that we live in today ain't the same America that you and I lived 15, 20, 30 years ago. It's not the same. Our country is degraded down to the pots of hell. Let me tell you, our children today need to see something. Can you imagine what the world's going to look like when our children's children are around? If God tarries, our children and grandchildren are going to have to suffer in this world that we're living in if something don't happen. Why? Because we turned our backs on God. And the curse of God is on our ground today. We look at everything that's going around. Abraham was called out by God. He wasn't looking for a city that was built here. He wasn't looking for a city built here. For he was looking for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He wasn't looking for a city in this world. He had done let loose of this world and things of the world. He was living for the world to come. He was living for that to come. And he was longing he was earning for that city. Look of return for the Savior. It should be in our hearts the return, the hope of each one of us. I know I've told you this before. It's military. I like military stuff because I am military. And the Philippines and the World War II started out. General Douglas MacArthur was over there. And as the Japanese get ready to take over the, the uh, island there, he was on, they, they got him off. They wanted him to get him out of there. As he was walking up the steps of that plane, General Wainwright was left behind to have, uh, with the other guys there to be in command there. And as he walked up, he turned around and looked at him and says, I will be back. He didn't say when, but he just said, I'll be back. Well, three years later, after all that they went through, all the General Rain White went through, and all, most of the people had died, but he was still there. He was in captivity. He was being punished. He was being persecuted for those three years they was there. But somebody got word to him, said, hey, uh, he's back. He's back. So he started getting himself dressed up, cleaning himself up, because he knew that he was coming back like he had promised. Can I tell you this morning that God said, hey, Jesus was ascended into heaven, and they, the angel said, the same Jesus you see here 
is coming back in like manner. Our general heaven is coming back. Uh, you're going to face persecution. You're going to see trouble. You're going to have hard times. But he is coming back this morning. Amen. He's coming back. Don't mean we don't have to preach against sin and, and call sin out. Bible says we ought to judge ourselves. There's too much introspection. We don't do any introspection today in ourselves. We're always doing the extra inspection. We want to look at everybody else and see what they're doing. You get your life right, don't worry about mine. There's not one of us in this morning that couldn't use the Lord to open up our lives and our eyes but our lives this morning. Get our things in our life wiped out clean. What kind of sin could be cleansed from us? Hypocrites today. Claiming to have the moral standards. With one's own behavior that does not conform to their own standards. We see a hard time today. Matthew 23, Jesus makes this statement seven times in Matthew 23. Woe unto you, you scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. I, I've had people tell me, I, I don't want to come to church down there because you've got too many hypocrites. Mm. Well, I, I'd rather go to heaven with a few hypocrites than go to hell with all the hypocrites. I'm just telling you like I believe. Don't want to clean yourself up. You want everybody else to be right. Don't want yourself to be right. You want everything to go your way. He's coming back. He's coming back. We need Him to cleanse us from our sin. Sin can get a hold of your life. If you give sin an inch, it'll take over your entire life. It becomes your ruler. Sin gains a hold of you. People get mad at when you preach because he's trying to pull sin out of your life. I read a story. This woman had a pet snake bowl constrictor. She called 911 and says, I need help. My snake is eating my arm. 911, the ambulance get there, and there's this bowler constrictor, great old big bowler constrictor, that is up to the elbow on his arm, just trying to get up. And she said, Gotta help me. He said, Man, the only thing we can do, because when your snake's teeth like that, it hooks in and pulls itself up. You can't pull it back, it can't be pulled back. 
It's the only way we can get you help, ma'am, is to kill that snake. Don't, don't kill my snake. It, 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 don't, I don't want you to kill my snake. That's the way we are with sin. The only way you can get sin out of your life is if you kill it. But a lot of times we love the sin that we got. We don't want to get rid of it. And when somebody points it out, hey, you got sin. Oh, don't kill my sin. Let me tell you what, God will get your sin out. Because he's to be sure your sins will find you out. We need to get God to cleanse of our sins and of ourselves this morning. Every one of us, you sitting here, I don't have sin in my life. You better get the altar because you just lied. We need the sin to be cleaned out. Of, we need the sin of hardness of sin out of our life. Sin makes you hard. Sin makes you unlivable with. Amen. You, you ever notice somebody that's Hard, you know they're in sin, they're just hard to get along with. They're hard to even be sitting beside of. They're just hard. And, and, they, and the longer you're around them, you be start acting like them. You get hard. Because they think they're right. They think they're right. There's a lot of people in the world today that think they're right that's all wrong. We need to get the sin of hardness out of our lives. Let God, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, we've, we've got people today in this world who are dying and going to hell standing in pulpits preaching this morning. Because of the hardness of their hearts. We need the change of our hopes for this return of the Savior. We need, we need God to help us with the, the hold that sin has on us in our life. Help us to remove it. We also need the help to cause us to be honest with ourselves. Honest about your salvation. I have seen those to come to the altar and cry, shed tears. And something happened down the road. They get hard and get indifference on God, towards God and the things of God. They become rebellious against God. Sin makes you hard. Sin makes you cold. We need God to cleanse us of our hearts and get us right with God again before it's too late. said we need to make sin to be cause us to be honest Paul said make your election sure you're calling your election sure you need to make sure I believe some people that we try to get them to live for the Lord and walk for God they're just plain lost you beg you plead you, you get them to come to church and they come to church for a while then they, they go away I just believe some people are just plain lost There's something wrong with someone that claims to be saved and have to be constantly be pulled, begged, prodded to just do the basic things of Christianity. 
You ought to get honest with ourselves. Am I doing what I need to be doing for God right now? Am I right now, am I where God needs me to be at in my Christian walk? Paul said, I, I would have gave you that meat. I would have gave you the spiritual meat. I would have gave you it all, but you still babes. I'll give you the milk. Problem is, some of us have been doing this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and we have not grown one bit from the time we got saved to right now. We haven't taken a step further with God. We're still on the milk. We're not getting that meat. We're not reading our Bibles daily. We're not praying daily. We're not faithful to the church. We're not faithful to the things of God. And God said, hey, you've got to get that way or you're going to be lost and undone. We ought to be honest with our salvation. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You walk out that door now thinking you're saved, but you. <laughs> I know a man came to church, got on the altar and prayed, prayed and start crying. Got up, said, "Brother, how's it going?" He says. I just can't get saved right now. I, I just can't do it right now. I've got things in my life that I want to do. And going to God, I can't do those things. I say, well, brother, you're not promised tomorrow. You may not make it tomorrow. I, I think I'll get it. I know what I'm doing. Let me tell you what. That night he went home, got in his car, went in his car, went to the road, pulled off the side of the road, shot and killed himself. You walk out of here, you better make sure that you're saved. You better make sure. And we, we ought to say, Lord, I, I might have been playing games with you. I might have been saying I was saved. I, I might not have been saved. I, I act the part. I show the part. But I'm telling you right now, some of us need to get to the altar and beg God to save us before it's too late. You said there's anybody here like that? I guarantee you there's somebody here like that. Yeah. Guarantee you. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't know your heart and you don't know mine. I guarantee you there's somebody sitting here this day that think they're right with God. <laughs> and if they die today, hell will be their home. Yeah. I don't know about you. I want my home to be in heaven. Yeah. I, want, I want to be with my Savior. I want to hear, welcome in, thou good and faithful. But the opposite of that is the lake of fire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You're there for eternity. Not like some people say, well, it's just a place of darkness. No. The Bible never called it a place of darkness. He called it hell and the lake of fire. Tormented day in and day out. Lord, am I where I should be in walking with you? I've been walking in this road, Lord, for 30 years. Have I progressed to the point that I know that I know? Or am I just still the same when I first got saved? That's an honest question you need to ask yourself and have God reveal it to you. Are you moving closer to God, walking closer to God now than you did 20 years ago, 10 years ago? Now, I understand these young kids that come down here, they, they make that commitment now. 
They're, they're still on the milk. But they need some people like y'all to teach them and give them meat, a little bit of meat, a little bit of meat. It's like the same way a baby. You don't give a baby a milk bottle for the next 15 years of his life. I know some people do. Don't get me wrong. I know they're there. But there are some people actually give them the meat and teach them, teach them, teach them. Trust me, I, I, I've seen poor grown-ups in church. 30 years being in the service, 30 years I've been serving God, and if you don't walk right with them, talk right with them, you get, they get mad at you. They're no closer than they were with God when the day they got saved, if they got saved. Not everybody comes and cries, Lord, Lord, is saved. But I'm telling you this morning, we ought to ask God, make sure our salvation is planted in our hearts that we know, that we know beyond a shadow of doubt that we walk out of here, we're going to heaven. Amen. Amen. We need to stop playing games. Like I said, this revival done me something good. I can get back on track. Need to get back on track. We all need to get back on track because we all get off track sometimes. Amen. Yeah. Don't tell me you've been walking for the Lord for 25, 30 years and you're still on the same track. No, you ain't. You're not. We get off track. We get sidetracked. We let the world become uh, somewhat of an, an enticement to us. And we lose sight of God sometimes. Lord, Am I where I should be? We need to ask God to be honest with our saltiness. The Bible says the salt of the earth, but if you have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. You still have the love of God in your life as the day when you got saved. You are the salt of the world. The Bible says we're the salt of the world. He said a Christian, <laughs> a Christian can get to the place and point in their life they're good for nothing. I don't ever hear God said you're good for nothing. You're good for nothing. You ought to cast you out under the feet of men and let them walk all over you. You're good for nothing. I don't want that. I need to be honest with myself. Lord, have I been what you want me to be? Have I been faithful to you, Lord? Have I walked the walk? I need to walk with you, Lord. We all need to ask ourselves these questions. Am I where I am should be at this point in time in my Christian walk? If not, you need to ask God to help you. Because I believe we can all be a little bit more saltier. We all get a little bit more closer. Amen. And I think we can. We need help. We need help. All these things I've said we cannot do within ourselves. We can't do it. 
We need help. We need God's help. I, I can't change nothing. I cannot change this world. I cannot change you. But God can. God can. We need to pray for our country. Amen. We need to pray for our country. I've never seen a country turn away so far so fast or quick in my life. I remember going to bed as a kid not even locking doors. I mean, the screen door wouldn't even lock. Look, I lay at the bed, look at the screen door, look at the nighttime. I wouldn't do that today to save my life. It's hard out there. But God can change it around. If his people are where they should be at in their Christian walk. Amen. I don't know about you, but like I said, the revival done me some great good. I just want to help you out this morning. If you're not where you should be in your Christian walk, you need to come to the altars of the Lord. I know I'm not where I should be. I haven't walked close as you as I should be. I haven't done the things I should for you, Lord. But I know with your help, I've become a better witness. I've become a better servant. I read my Bible more, be more faithful to the house of God and the things of God. And that's all he's looking for. He told the church, you are dead. I don't want to be in a dead church. <laughs> you can walk in a church and you walk in, everybody looking at you and never say a word to you. Now, I've been there. I've been to a church. They wouldn't even speak to me. What do you do? I'm a preacher down from Florida. I ain't here to take the church, brother. I just come to worship God. Come to serve God. We can get closer to God. I don't know about you, but